Welcome, everybody. I'm Steve Goldstein, and this is the Goldie on Ice podcast. We will have an in-depth conversation on uh, this episode with Panthers center. Jared McCann will cover his career, how the Panthers as a team reacted to the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in his town of residence, Parkland. Uh, McCann on what being sent down to the minors a couple of years ago did for him. His thoughts on teammate Alexander Barkov, coach Bob Bugner, and a whole lot more. So that's all coming up on this edition of the Goldie on Ice podcast. Our producer always does a great job. He is Brett Markowitz. And i uh, got to thank our sponsors as well. ONA Management Group, a prime subcontractor. Morris Southeast Group for all your real estate needs. And the Sides Foundation. Uh, they do have an event in November. We'll tell you about that, how you can attend and support the fight against cancer. But Jared McCann is the focus here in the uh, middle of the summer here in South Florida on this edition of the Goldie on Ice podcast. The 22-year-old had a solid season. He was the third-line center, won the job in training camp, nine goals, 28 points, and led the Panthers with a plus 11 in the plus-minus rating category. McCann is our guest. First off, two-year contract with the Panthers. Can you kind of take us through, were you involved in those negotiations, or did you just let your agent handle it all and let me know when it's done. Yeah, that kind of thing. I just left it up to him, and, um, you know, he uh, he did a great job, and I feel, I'm very excited to be back with the Panthers. Did the years, how many years you signed a two-year contract, did you have conversations with your agent about that part of it? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I wanted to be a Panther for as long as possible. And, uh, you know, I love it here. It's a beautiful place to play, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to be a part of the, the special young group for two more years. How do you envision your role? You you won a center job a year ago in training camp. Uh, you know, you guys have a lot of talented young centers with yourself and Alexander Barkov, Vincent Trocek, Henrik Borgstrom on the way. How do you kind of sort out your role on this team? Uh, that's up to the coach, really. You know, I'm just going to come in and work hard and, um, you know, show them I can, I can play center. But, you know, whatever role I, I uh, uh, you know, they they put upon me, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes and, and um, you know, try to just help the team win. You feel like you're you're a center though in the NHL now, or the moves over to wing, I and mean, we see it fairly often now that so many, especially of the good teams, have a lot of flexibility with players. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm a flexible player, and um, you know, doesn't matter if I'm center or wing or or wherever, but you know, I, I feel like I can make an impact, and um, you know, definitely definitely like center. I've I've been a centerman pretty much my whole life, but you know, uh, whatever uh, whatever helps the team win, right? So. Take us through that moment last year you, when Alexander Barkov got hurt in that Boston game. Uh, Bob Bugner puts you up on that top line and you score that, uh, that game-winning goal. How did that, uh, that whole mo- moment kind of materialize? And do you still think about it here in the offseason? It was such a big, you know, big game and a big situation for this team. Yeah, I definitely get goosebumps. I think about it sometimes. And, um, you know, I was given the opportunity to to play with some good players, and you know I feel like um, you know I, when I was like that in junior, I, we I produced and and put up a lot of points, and um, you know I, I feel like in the NHL I can do the same. Let's go through your career. Um, first off, in Vancouver, for, first round draft pick. What was that first year like for you making that team as a teenager? It was uh, it was a huge change for sure. You know um, I think it was. Uh, the maturity level I had to grow up a lot quicker than uh, you know a lot of other players did definitely and um, being in the league at 19 years old it's obviously a lot different and um, you know I had to I had to mature very quickly and I learned from some uh, some obviously some great players with the Sedins and and uh, Burroughs and those guys so it's um, I feel like uh, you know I got that year um, under my belt and that really helped me. What was it like being 
teammates with those two guys, Daniel and Henrik Sedin? Oh, their work ethic was just incredible. You know, that's probably the main thing that uh, I'd point out. They uh, they just work constantly, and you know, they um, they expect the same out of their teammates. You know, it's interesting. Brian McCabe was a guest on our last podcast, and we talked about young players as he's director of player personnel for the Panthers. And and he said a lot of times in his career anyway, played 16 years when he was young, he thought he was working hard. But then when you get older, you realize, yeah, maybe I really wasn't. How, How beneficial was it so early to have guys like that around you? Oh, it was it was huge. Um you know, like I said, they uh, they lead by example, and um, it's uh, it's it was pretty incredible to see. You know, like like Kaber said, you know, you think you're working hard, and then you see those guys run up a mountain in like 20 minutes, right? So it's it takes you an hour. Um, yeah, but they uh, they definitely they were a huge uh, part of me maturing as a young as a young player, and and uh, definitely moving forward in my career. What about that coaching staff? Willie Desjardins was there, but it was a pretty big staff, I think, from what I remember. I think Glenn Gullitson was on that staff, an NHL coach. Do you take anything that you learned from from that coaching staff in that rookie year that you still implement now? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a lot of uh, defense, you know, a lot of defense. You know, defense wins championships, that type of thing. Um, you know, I, I feel like Glenn, I worked very closely with Glenn and, and Willie about you know, just being responsible on my own end, and and um, you know, it's uh, it's great when you can score goals, but you know, you uh, you also need to be able to to uh, be able to stop guys like Sidney Crosby and and Ovechkin, right? So um, to focus on the defensive part of the game will really help you in the future. So was it a surprise to you when the trade was made after that first season? Yeah, I was uh, I was definitely taken back by it. Um, you know, it was. Uh, it was uh, another learning experience. You know, maybe had to grow up a little bit more, I guess. And um, but uh, I went to a great place, and um, I'm very excited to be part of a young team that uh, has a bright future. People often, you know, curious from the outside. As a professional player, these things are probably regular for you. But how did you find out that you got traded that day? Uh, he called me. Actually, I was uh, I was at dinner with a couple of friends in Vancouver, and um, uh, he, um, sorry, Jim Benning reached out to me and called me and just told me that. I had a good season and, and, and things like that, and but I had been traded, and um, that was pretty much the end of the conversation. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't too long, or it was just, uh, you know, bittersweet. Did he tell you what you were traded for? Uh, yeah, or no, he didn't try, tell me what I was traded for. No, he just told me I was traded to Florida, and that's uh, that's about it. Yeah. So when you find out you got traded afterwards, and Erica Branson, who had been a longtime Panther, you know, how long did it take to get over? Maybe I'm sure some disappointment that you get traded, but then on the other side. Here's another team that wants you and gave up a good player to get you. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's the way I looked at it. I looked at it as, you know, Eric, because I trained with Eric in the summer, actually. So um, I, I see him as, you know, a great player. And um, to be traded for him was obviously, you know, it was, you know, it was a uh, kind of like a pat on the back, so to say. And, um, you know, he's uh, another guy who's got a great work ethic and, and um, I don't know, just a, a great guy in general. And, um, I got to know him pretty well, and you know, we, uh, we, definitely, we we haven't really talked about it too much, to be honest with you. But um, you know, it's uh, definitely in the back. I think we should talk about it one one of these days. But um, yeah, definitely. See so if you have a day off in Vancouver this year. You guys could uh, chat about. Make him buy, by the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. there's no question. Um, so you get here to Florida. What was that transition like? Um, obviously, another new coach, Gerard Gallant, was the coach at the time. Um, how did that season kind of materialize as it started off, and how did training camp start off for you? Well, I, I had to, uh, you know, obviously earn the trust, and um, you know, coming in for, um, 
you know, a, a team that made the playoffs the year before. And uh, there was definitely a lot of pressure on me. And you know, I felt like I put a lot of pressure on myself, too, and a little too much pressure, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, I, I definitely... I got sent down the minors that year, and um, I worked on my game. I had a great coach down there, and um, he. I felt like my confidence just kept growing by the end of the year. You know, I I start. I ended the year on a great note, and um, in the AHL. So I feel like uh, coming into the next season, I had the, I still had that confidence, and um, you know, it uh, it definitely was a, a big uh, um, factor in why I made the team. Yeah, well, let's go through that season now because you go through that coaching change, which you know surprised a lot of people. Gerard Gallant, Tom Rowe comes in. What was that whole, uh, you know, time like inside that dressing room, conversations with players, and a lot of guys that had been here, and you were only here for a couple of months when that happened. Yeah, I uh, I obviously didn't really think too much of it. You know, I that was probably the only second. That's probably the second time that I've ever had a coaching change, and my first time was in the Sioux, my first year, so. Um, it was definitely uh, it was definitely a shock because they had went to the playoffs last year. But um, you know, it uh, all up to the management and um, things didn't go the way they wanted to. So had to make a change. And you know, now we got a great coach with Bob Bugner. And um, you know, last year we definitely made a dent and, and showed teams that we're here. And um, I think this year it'll be a, a lot different. And uh, we definitely have a shot at the playoffs. Jared McCann will discuss his relationship with head coach Bob Bugner next on the Goldie on Ice podcast in 60 seconds. An important message now for an important cause, the Sides Foundation. It stands for Sydney's incredible defeat of Ewing's sarcoma. Sydney Lister at age 15 battled the disease, and she beat it. She's doing great. Now, out of the struggle, Sides, the foundation was formed to help fund children's cancer research and help South Florida families with kids fighting the disease. I encourage you and invite you to help the fight along with Sid's dad, Dave Lister. Call him at 954-594-5763. That's 954-594-5763. You can also check out Side's Facebook page as well. Now, the next Side's event is November 19th. It's a great time. The fifth annual Italian extravaganza at Aqualina Restaurant in Weston. It's a great time for a wonderful cause. Help in the fight against cancer with S-I-D-E-S, Side's Foundation. The number again, 954-594-5763. And thank you. Yeah, let me ask you about your relationship with Bugner, because as the season developed, it seemed like, um, and not only in the way he utilized you, but even, you know, the way he would speak about players, you know, in the media and publicly, that you really gained the trust. How did the season progress from that standpoint with you and specifically head coach Bob Bugner? Well, he showed confidence in me. I think that was the biggest thing. You know, when, when you have confidence in a player, I think he can, you know, he elevates his game. And um, whether it's uh, offensively or defensively, you know, he gave me the opportunity to play uh, to play on the on the top line there at the end of the year. And I showed I showed I could do that. And, you know, um, whether it happens again, you know, heaven forbid with, with uh, our players this year. But, uh, you know, I'm ready to go. What kind of things did you and him talk about as the season? You know, do you think some conversations maybe in camp or in October, November, and then later on? Because I know he's a guy that um, at least last year, his first year as head coach in the NHL, likes to have a lot of one-on-one conversations with players. Yeah, just uh, I think the main thing was just don't be comfortable. You know, you always got to play beyond your capabilities. And I feel like, um, you know, me – moving forward during the during the second half of the season I kind of got a bit comfortable and uh, my game went down but you know we talked about it and um, you know I kind of 
I took it to heart and I really wanted to, to show that I could, you know, I didn't want to be that guy who just, you know, laid back and was like, oh, you know, have other guys do it for me. You know, I want to be that guy who comes in and, and contributes as much as possible. Um, so I feel like that was the main thing. Yeah, just don't be comfortable and, and continue to impress every day. You know, you're still a young player, but, you know, you go through those peaks and valleys and getting traded and maybe not playing great for a you know, small period of time. Are you able to kind of get that in your mind and say, you know what, these are kind of things you have to go through to get to where you want to go ultimately? Yeah, I think uh, maturing as a player, that's that's probably the main thing you you got you to gotta focus on, you know, just what you can control, how hard you work every day. You know, um, you can't control the, everything that happens, you know, whether it's opportunity or anything like that. Just control how hard you work and, and um, you know, show the coaches that you can, you can be trusted. And um, from that point on, you know, you, uh, once you were in their trust, I, th- I think you're, you're, you're good off there. You mentioned going to Springfield. We spoke to Jordy Kinnear, you know, one of the guys he mentioned. You know, I didn't want to call anybody out specifically saying, hey, you know, guys, maybe you're most proud of or anything like that. And he mentioned you when you went to Springfield and played for him. What was it about the relationship that you had with uh, AHL coach Jordy Kinnear and how you were utilized that that helped you so much? I think it was honesty. You know, he was honest with me when I was playing like garbage. He would tell me and, you know, as as a as a player, you respect that. And, um, you know, whether it's the type of person you know, some, some people don't like when you hear the truth. But, you know, I'm the type of guy who does. And. Um, whether I'm doing something wrong or just just let me know, right? So I feel like that was the main thing. You know, he was very honest with me, and um, you know, he uh, gave me the opportunity to play it down a lot in the minors. And um, you know, I uh, he was another coach that I had to earn the trust of. And in the beginning there, you know, I needed to kind of a kick in the butt, and I got it. And there you go. You know, we we uh, were. I feel like we were you know close pretty pretty close during the season from that point on. That's pretty good that you recognize that you might have needed a kicking the butt as you say not everybody recognizes that I don't think no no definitely um you know like I said you just you can't get comfortable what makes and you mentioned Bob Bugner um what makes him a good head coach not only tactfully X's and O's but as far as the things you're talking about about you know you having conversations with him and 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 him getting the most out of players I feel like he's honest with the players as well you know whether it's you know Troach, Barky you know myself D-Mac you know he holds holds everybody accountable and um, you know, as a player, you you uh, you respect that, and um, you know it's uh, it's definitely good to see. You know, when someone makes a mistake, if someone makes a mistake, you don't you know just go down there and scream at him. You go down there and tell him what he did wrong, and you know if he's going to fix it. And obviously, you know to stay in the NHL, you got to you know learn from your mistakes. Um, so I, I feel like you know that's something he does very well for us. How how is that presented? Is is that a video thing when you, when you talk about you know mistakes and things you need to improve upon? How long do those those sessions usually last? The video sessions um, usually between he tries usually tries to keep them pretty short, so about five to ten minutes, I guess. You know, keep them short and sweet, and um, yeah, it's uh, usually has a pretty good laugh during the sessions too. We usually try to find some clips of the boys falling or something like that, so to end it off on a good note. <laughs> He tries to keep it light. Yeah, he tries to keep it light. And, uh, yeah, definitely. It's awesome. Well, let's talk about that Panther room. Uh, had The last two years, you know, you've seen a lot, you know, guys come and go and players, you know, both have highs with the run you guys had last year, third best team in the league after the All-Star break um, to the year before where things didn't go the right way. How is the leadership on this team right now? And how has that room developed? Oh, it's been great. You know, with uh, with D Mac being our leader, he's uh, he's done a great job. Um, he holds everybody accountable. You know, whether it, you know someone 
you don't really see someone mess up or something like that, but he'll, you know, he'll let you know. He won't scream at you, obviously, in front of everybody, but, you know, he'll pull you aside and let you know. So I feel like that, uh, you know, that's a big part of it. Um, with our assistants, you know, Eck does a good job when he needs, you know, to be, when something needs to be said in the dressing room, he's definitely the guy to, to speak up. And, um, you know, Barky's obviously the, the quiet leader with, uh, you know, leading by example on the ice. And, you know, even Troach, you know, he, uh, he speaks up in the dressing room and, you know, he's definitely one of our, uh, our leaders as well. Do you feel like in time, you know, those guys have been around here a little bit longer than you, but you're all about, the, you know, the same age, um, that in time that your group, you know, the guys you mentioned, maybe you throw in a Matheson, a few others, that it's going to, as time goes on, but really become your team in every way, both on and off the ice? Yeah, we're just going to keep meshing together. You know, I hope we stay together for a long time. Um, you know, obviously things happen with uh, trades and stuff like that, but, you know, we have a good core group here, good core young guys, and I feel like if uh, we stay together for you know, at least a couple of years here, we can make something happen. Uh, does Barkov say anything in the room when it has to be said, or he just goes on the ice and does it? Oh, he just goes on the ice and does it. You know, he uh, he's the kind of guy who who just leagues by example and you know, leaves all the talking to to Yans and and um, and Eki and Trosh and those guys. So. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he's our quiet leader. If he ever did say anything, though, I'm, I'm assuming everybody would listen, right? Uh, jaw drop. Yeah, everybody. Like, what? Who's talking right now? I haven't heard his voice in a while. So, um, but yeah, he's he's awesome. What do you you know take away from him as far as being a teammate? And you know, are there teammates that you actually look at? I mean, you're a professional player. You know, you've been in the league now a few years. You're a first round draft pick. But are there players that you look at and kind of? you know, look and evaluate their game and kind of see what you can implement, maybe take some things from players? Yeah, definitely. Barky's probably one of those guys, you know. Um, you know, you, you, as a player, you try to look at him and see what he does well on the ice and off the ice to kind of make your game better. And, uh, you know, I feel like he's got that work ethic that the Sedins do. And um, it's, you know, as a young guy coming into, to, coming into this organization, I noticed that right away. And um, he... Uh, He's just a guy, you know, I try to look at and, and try to uh, model my game after. Obviously, he's uh, he's just a freak when it comes to, like, shootouts and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I feel like, um, you know, if I focus on the, the little things that he does, I, I feel like I could, you know, make a dent like he do. More just ahead with Jared McCann about Alexander Barkov. And McCann takes us inside the Panthers team in the aftermath of the Parkland school shooting on the Goldie on Ice podcast in one minute. A message from me about Orion and his company, part of the ground floor here of the podcast. We appreciate that. Hey, he's a friend, and like any good hockey team, you need a good team. And Orion and Associates Management Group, they've got that good team. Great team, in fact, operating out of Hollywood, Florida. Prime subcontractors. So all you prime contractors out there, they provide any construction services needed. Call them today at 954 922 8660. Check them out on Instagram as well at ONA underscore management and the website onamanagementgroup.com. Now they also handle hauling, so if you have demolition waste, any non hazardous material, they'll take care of all those trucking needs. More than 25 years of experience, ONA Management has worked with some of South Florida's leading construction companies, and you can trust, I can tell you this, their work and professionalism. The number again, 954 922. 8660. That's 954-922-8660 for Orion and ONA Management.
Yeah, he's so good in the shootouts. It was great last year. What, what What's that feeling like on the bench? Like, what are guys talking about? I know Bob Bugner won't watch him. No. He just turns around and lets the crowd, or Paul McFarlane shakes his hand if they win or something like that. What What are the players thinking when Barkoff is uh, is ready to go? Uh, in the shootouts? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, if if he's if he's up, we usually just, you know, come up and stand up and just get ready to go off the ice because <laughs> tap everybody on the pads or something like that, right? But... Uh, uh, I don't even know what his percentage is in shootouts, but it's obviously pretty amazing. The um, the one shootout goal I remember is in uh, Columbus when he faked it through uh, the yeah. through the legs and came back. I've uh, yeah, I saw that on uh, on Instagram. I think in Europe a couple of days before that, and then obviously I think he saw it too. What makes him so good at it? Do you know? I I don't know. No, I think it's just confidence. You know, it's he's just he shows confidence out there, and um, you know. You wouldn't probably see anybody else try that in a shootout, right? So, I mean, I think it's just the main thing's confidence. Speaking of confidence, can you take us inside that dressing room the last couple of months of the season? Um, what the feeling was like as you guys, you know, I guess, what was it, a couple of hours that one day you're actually in a playoff spot, then Columbus played later that night in California and won, and, you know, Jersey and Philly, I know you got to give those teams credit um, because your team is probably, you know, the best team ever, not to make the playoffs in the NHL. What was going on during those couple of months when you guys really seemingly were winning every night in all different ways? Uh, honestly, I think it was that we were playing do or die from the, that part, that point on in those last couple of months. We, uh, you know, we just said, you know what, we can, we got the team to do it. And we won a couple of games in the beginning there. And, um, you know, that really boosted our confidence. And then we just took over from there, right? We were the third best team in the, in the league by the end of the, any of the season there, but obviously, how many did we have more points than a couple of teams that made the blast or one? Oh, than Colorado, yeah, Colorado, yeah, yeah. So obviously that was kind of weird, but um, you know you got to give them credit. They uh, they played well as well, and you know we uh, we did all we could for sure. Your your game down the stretch, I think thirteen of your points came in the last handful of games, and sixteen in the first forty, something like that. What was going on for you personally while you know the team is playing well and everybody's kind of riding that wave? Yeah, just. Uh, you know, if the team's playing well, obviously it's it's uh, it's because you know the 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 players are are coming together more. I feel like it's um, it. I don't know how to explain this, but <laughs> it's like we um, we just focused on you know not individual play, but just more playing as a team. I feel like that kind of that kind of boosted our, our our confidence together. And um, you know, obviously I uh, I had a good end of the season there, and um, you know, hopefully I'll carry into next year for sure. How about this team carrying it into next year? How do you get, and again, you know, human nature is human nature. How do you get what you say, that do or die attitude, you know, on a Wednesday night in October when it's game number seven and not game number 77? We just need to come with that mentality, you know, from, from the get-go. It's, there's no easy way to put it. You just need to come with that mentality that, you know, it's, it's do or die. And, um, you know, last year we, we didn't really have that mentality. It was um, kind of more just, you know, like go with the flow and see what happens and um but you know i I know next year is gonna be different for sure we're gonna we're gonna come out of the gate hard and and, uh and be good what have you found during your your career even in junior hockey that i guess you know a lot of professional athletes talk about that that hoping to win which is what you kind of mentioned you know see what happens and that expecting to win how do you how do you get from the hope to the expect and is this team there i i think it is you know the way we ended the season last year it kind of you know, we 
we beat some of the best teams in the in the league in the last part of the season there. So um, we just we had that confidence where we walked into a game we were like, you know what, we're gonna win this. You know, it's, it's no cookie cutter way to put it, and we're just gonna we're gonna come out there, work hard, and you know we expect it. We expect a lot of ourselves, and I feel like if we come in that uh, with that mentality next year, we should be fine. Jared McCann discusses the team mood following the horrific Stoneman Douglas High School shooting and the night the Panthers played their first home game after the shooting. That's next on the Goldie on Ice podcast in 60 seconds. Time to tell you about Ken Morris and the Morris Southeast Group, an inaugural sponsor of the Goldie on Ice podcast. And you know, Ken and the group, well, if you own commercial real estate, looking to lease or purchase, call Ken at 954-240-4400. Ken Morris represents buyers, sellers, landlords, and tenants. And I'll tell you this, he's a class guy. He and his family, he's a straight shooter, extremely qualified and knowledgeable. And that's the type of person you want to and you need to deal with. Call 954-240-4400. Ken and the Morris Southeast Group will work with you with your best interests at heart. Hey, he's a South Florida guy. He's got a great reputation. He's been doing this for a very long time. 954-240-4400 for Ken Morris. And by the way, here on the Goldie on Ice podcast, he's a big hockey fan, Panthers season ticket, so we can all relate to him. Again, the number for Ken Morris, 954-240-4400. Final thing for you, back in February, obviously the team was in Vancouver when the shooting at Stoneman Douglas High School. Um, You get back home. Roberto Luongo takes the microphone. We all know what's going on. Professional athletes on the bench, tears in the eye. Everybody that was at the BB&T Center that night and everybody watching, uh, you know, there's. it's hard to put into words, but can you put into the words from the moment you found out, and obviously you have teammates like Luongo and Mackenzie who live in Parkland, have kids in schools in, in the area. What was it like being around that team when you're still on the road? I believe it was about a week until the Panthers came home and then that night against Washington at, at the BB&T Center. It was obviously very emotional. You know, um, you know, there was no easy way to put it. I think Lou said, you know, all we needed to say. And um, it was, uh, it's definitely, you know, frustrating to see things like that happen. And, you know, I live in Parkland as well with, uh, in the same neighborhood as Lou. And um, when it hits close to home like that does, and it's, um, this, you know, there's no easy way to put it. It's, it's sad and you pray for everybody that, that was involved and to get through it. And, um, you know, it, you pray that something like that never happens again. Be able to focus on the game that night. I know from, you know, watching from above what I was doing, at least the first five, 10 minutes was kind of like, uh, this is hard to, you know, it's a hockey game and you're, you're playing in the game. Yeah, it's, it was definitely hard to focus for sure. Um, you know, even in between periods, I think a lot of the guys went and watched the TV and the news and, and, and see what, uh, what was unfolding there. And, um, you know, we, uh, we pulled out the win there and, um, you know, it was, it was definitely, you know, a full team effort, but you know, some things are, are bigger than hockey and that was definitely one of them. Trocek gets that goal late in the game to, to beat Washington that night. What do you remember? What went on? Anything different in, in the post game in the dressing room after that win? Uh, I, th- I think Boogie, you know, mentioned you know this was this one was for for uh, Stoneman Douglas, and you know from that point on, I, I think that uh, you know we we kind of thought of them before every game, and um, you know kind of gave us that boost of of morale and energy, and you know kind of play for those guys and. Um, it uh, obviously, like I said, you know, that's that's something you pray you never see, and um, obviously, you know, something needs to change, and and because it uh, it just keeps happening. But you know, for sure, um, you know, like I said, you just pray, and something like that you never see again. 
Good catching up with you, Jared. Uh, did you enjoy your time? You came down to South Florida here. We're at the Panthers Ice Den uh, doing this interview. Some uh, kids, the Learn to Play program. Uh, how'd you enjoy hanging out with them for a little bit? It was awesome. You know, I did it yesterday with uh, meeting some of the kids and for the first time to see a lot of the, the young um, Floridians come in and and start try to ask me questions about hockey and stuff like that. It's pretty funny, and um, but uh, I'm glad I could have been a part of it. Four or five years ago, you're 17, 18 years old playing junior hockey in Canada. Did you ever think hockey was that you'd be in Florida playing hockey and that hockey was this big in, in Florida? No, no, I definitely did not think about that. And my dad lived here in Tampa. Or he lived in Tampa actually when he was younger, and um, you know, hockey wasn't even a thing down there by that time. Obviously, they had the, had the Lightning, but you know, no, no young kids were playing. So you know, to see the Panthers, um, you know, kind of provide the equipment and provide. Uh, the ice time and all that, it's just, uh, it's pretty incredible. We appreciate you taking the time, Jared. Have a good rest of the summer. We'll see you in training camp. All right, thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that summer conversation with Jared McCann. Make sure you subscribe to the Goldie on Ice podcast wherever you access podcasts. We thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon.